this is our public Zoom room where it's almost like, can we try to have uh, virtual office hours, right? Where we're sitting here, we're answering questions. Today's topic that we put out there is, you know, questions about joining a team, what to expect if they Just were any to join team. a team. Yeah. yeah, it's like they walked into the room and we're all sitting in a room together is kind of the vision for this, right? Whereas because, uh, for a couple of reasons. One, COVID-19 has made Zoom more uh, widely accepted than ever before. Does anybody agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Right? Like this has become, this is now our one, two, third Zoom call of the day, and it's 11 o'clock. Yeah. So as we're getting, I mean, does anybody else do like Zoom happy hours with friends or if family? If you're watching on Facebook no. Live, we're <laughs> That is my no? second today. Okay. Yeah, I've got like I've got some aunts and uncles in Ohio that I have a Zoom happy hour with them today at five o'clock. Uh, my my nephew had a Zoom birthday party. He turned seven. Where it just seems once it gets socially acceptable, then business tends to follow those social points, right? Where we do it anyway. So let's just see how this goes. So. What's up, Jeff Seabach? You know, just hanging out. I'm excited to see if we can field a question. Yeah, all right. Like, so who's right, got a this question? is about questions. Oh, is that, that State 48? I'm here to learn, so. You're here to learn, Raul. All right, what all questions right. do you have? Because Raul, you we've been we've been dancing with Raul for a lot of years. In 2014. So what questions do you have? Me? Yeah. I like to hear everybody's questions and then I make a question. Okay. Who's got a question? I'll go. Ah. Yeah, hey guys. Um, I'm already at EXP, but. Um, I'm in EXP too. Trying to uh, build our own downlines here. So, you know, obviously I know of you guys and uh, how successful you are. So. Just wondered if you have some sort of tips for agent attraction that you could share. Interesting. Jeff, why don't Jeff go, go you want to go first or second? Yeah, no, I mean, to me, um, we don't super focus on agent attraction. I mean, we do in the sense of we're looking to sell more houses. Hi, Maria. And we've been growing more just because our, our entire focus is selling houses. I mean, we, of course, you know, why we moved to EXP was because we had, as we sold more houses at our old brokerage, people just came with us. I mean, to me, I think the answer is just excel at being a realtor. And the more, you know, excel at to me, it's every phase of being a realtor is the best, you know. So like, for instance, it would be like in a transaction when you are a great communicator, when you are, you know, um, going above and beyond for your client and then keeping the other agent informed that those create opportunities to be like, you know, how can I work with you? You know, yeah, and Greg, my answer is that uh, it's not something that we focus on uh, the way that others do, right? EXP obviously has different models for how agents can build business here. The model that we are most interested in is how can we sell more houses? What are we doing out there? have more conversations in living rooms with people who want to sell their house and what are we doing to have more conversations over the web with people who want to buy houses and 95% of our revenue comes from buying and selling houses and honestly the the exp recruiting incentives that exist 
are great. I know that they're there. That's fine. I mean, we have a team. So when people join eXp, they typically, if we recruit them to eXp, it's because we recruit them to our team, not necessarily to eXp. And we don't have a massive downline. That's not our focus. Like we could bring on people that have massive downlines and then can teach you tips and tricks on how to do that. But our expertise and why people join our team. And that's why I don't, if you're at eXp already, that's cool. We still bring on team members that are at eXp. It's not about who's in our downline. It's about who can we help sell more houses. That's what organically though, and being a team and creating and creating leads and helping people grow their business we're still going to attract, you know, 10 new people to eXp each year, right? Like it's just going to happen with 20 new people, but with the focus of... It happened at Realty One Group as well. When we were at Realty One Group, we know that our success there attracted people there. It's just when we were over there, they didn't have a model like eXp's, but it's not something that we, uh, you know, have a, We don't wake up every day and say, how am I going to recruit a new agent? We wake up every day and say, how am I going to list another house? It's a great add-on service, right? Like to me, getting the check, I mean, it's, it's actually been awesome. I mean, to me, it's made our broker relationship a positive one because we get the we get to buy stock with the houses that we buy. We get return on the people that we recruit. But ultimately, we as realtors really should stay focused on selling houses because it, it generates the most amount of money. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. I agree. So I have somebody that recruits from me. So I, I want to be good at one thing, not two things. Nice. Good yeah, deal. Awesome. Other questions? You know, everybody says the listings are king. Okay. Um, my, my, my mixture is like 40% listings and 60% buyers. But, uh, and, and, and you know that my my circle is going to is quite different from you guys so my circle is 300,000 and below uh because i have the hispanic market but i can't get past that 40 percent listing okay. how, would I, how would i try to keep i mean i have more buyers than than list than list yeah I, can i take that one or do you want yeah, that one all right so um, in 2013 or 2012, I was, I did 33 transactions and it was 18, 19 buyers, maybe 20 buyers and maybe 13 listings. So when I'm saying that I understand where you're coming from, I was there, right? Like that was my 10th uh, year in the business and I wanted to become you know, more listings. Cause obviously, you know, it's, I, I realized that part of my challenge and growth was because when you have buyers, I could have five A buyers at one time, you know what I mean? But essentially you can only, I mean, you could do a showing agent or whatever it is, but realizing that I wanted to, you know, focus more on listings. So my, my, it was, I, I interviewed probably at that time about 10 elite eight, uh, 10 agents that listed at least 50 houses a year. Okay. So people like uh, Russell Shaw, Joanne Calloway, Kenny Kloss, um, and um, Robert Jaffe, Amy Jones. Right. right? Like we were traveling around the Valley in a, in a, mission to learn bob nathan i mean we were just yeah. we were just talking to agents and what it is is there's certain common things 
that all dominant listing agents had. So my goal was, I mean, it was after I had read the book um, from Darren Hardy, the compound, the compound effect. And he was, he, he had the idea. He's like, well, you know, I want to marry a supermodel. So um, I need to find out what type of people supermodels marry. Yeah. Like, like, okay. So, uh, you know, now it's Tom Brady, right? Like a professional yeah. athlete, but if I'm not a professional athlete, like what do I need to become? And that's essentially the same kind of I'm about to call. is that you have to think of, and that's what it was. It was first, I need, I need to know, cause I, in sharing or, you know, in hearing it from these other agents, they said, yeah, Careful, you're stepping in it package. Right, you have to deliver a pre-listing package before you go to the house every single time. Do you do that now? No. Okay. So and write that and most of my listings are. Are you taking notes? That, huh? I'm taking notes. I'm not kidding. Like no, no. The pre-listing package. I mean, gave examples about you know lots of. I mean, we've had different versions of it, but the idea is that if I talk to, because they were like, well, if you get a seller lead. And I, I was like, okay, I want to take it one step further than the seller lead because I was like, the problem is, is that we as real estate agents too much wait for someone to tell, tell us, oh, I'm thinking of selling. And I made it very basic. And I was like, okay, if, cause I realized, cause my wife was always talking about, is this the right stuff that we were talking about? I, I thought it was going to be about, you know, what it like when people have questions about joining a team. But if ask, but if the, anyone thinks that I should stop with my story, raise your hand. If not, I'll just keep going. This, All right. is, this is a beautiful thing okay. about going live. Yeah, yeah. Right. Is, is, I, I just want right. to make sure everybody's getting what they want here. All right. So, because um, you were predominantly, let me set it up for those that just joined us. You were predominantly, you made your hay by being a buyer's agent. I was a buyer's agent. You were, you was, became one yeah. of the most knowledgeable area experts uh -huh. by going in houses with clients when they made decisions on purchasing which houses they wanted to buy, which houses they didn't want to buy. And you were paying attention to all the level of details of yes. why. Yeah. Okay. And, and so then in 2000 and what year? 13? 13. We decided that we wanted to make that switch. Right. We wanted to stop being predominantly buyer driven and start to get more listings. Because listers last and listers are forever, but more importantly that I could manage, I mean, now last year I listed 178 houses. I could manage 178 for buyers. I could manage five or 10, I mean, at like, like at a time, right? So like the reality is, is, is you can handle a lot more. But my wife was like, you know, when you go to a party, everybody always wants to talk to you about real estate. And I'm like, you know, I, I, I can't help that. But the point I'm making was, is that I realized that after 2007, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, when people talk to me about real estate, they usually moved two years later, right? Meaning that they- It wasn't didn't, an immediate need. There they, was no lead to convert right then. Right, right, right. They don't come to you when you talk to people about real estate, they don't come to you and be like, I want to move. They don't say that. They say things like, how's the market? Yeah. Right. Cause the people that weren't thinking about moving, they said, did you watch the football game? And people are like, Oh, did you go to, have you been to any sporting events? Are you guys going to California? Right. But there was always one or two people or four people at a party that would come up to me and be like, so how's the market? And I, I mean, for five years, I answered this question. I mean, it's the value that I think, um, 
why I say team leads have a better advantage because we get to see it in repetition because when you only sell one or two houses a month, they're just off conversations, but you don't get to see them when, when for me now it's, you know, having 50 or 60 conversations all about that. And then 40 or 50 of the 50, 40 of the 50 list within two years, you're like, I should probably do something about that. So um, that's what the, we moved the pre-listing package from the point of being a, just a, a, hey, a web inquiry, I want to sell your house, or I walk into an open house, like whatever it is, to anyone that generated uh, and said, hey, how's the market? I was like, oh, either them or a family member. Pre-list package. Yeah. Pre-list package. We got to the point where we were trying to, uh, we're, we're trackers, Raul. So you asked the question about listing more houses. I don't know what data you track currently in your business on a day-to-day -day basis, on a week-to-week -week basis, but we started tracking the number of listing appointments that we oh. went on because we wanted to be able to show, we want to, this to grow. And what did Darren Hardy say? What, is, what do all business analysts say out there? Measure what you want to change. Yeah, here, I'm going to show you the right. sheet because I just track what you want to grow. Because if you were in my, if we were having lunch or we were at a meeting, I would show you because this is the, let me finish my point. And so the, the, we started tracking listing appointments and we wrote down a zero the first day. And then that was a little depressing. And so the next day we, um, we wrote down, what, what are your guesses? What was the number that we wrote down the next day? Zero. Yeah, zero. Okay, so then. Looks the like me. <laughs> zero. And you know how exciting it is to track something that's zero, 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 zero? That's lame. Right? It gets depressing. It's like, dude, this isn't like this stuff isn't working. So we have to back away from the listing appointment. What what can we track before we could track the listing appointment? What stat came first? And the pre-listing package is what we went with. And so now our goal is to grow how many pre-listing packages that we sent to people. And so now that stat became much easier to manipulate. Like you could, we could, if somebody asks how the market was, you follow up with a thank you, it was nice to talk. Here's Pre-listing package. If a buyer registered on our website and they owned a house in our area, pre-listing package on their website, on their doorstep. Yeah. Raul, I see you raising your finger. Okay. Right. I have a question. Hold on. Okay. Here's the camera. Can you guys see that? No. It's not going to be show very well. But maybe. Oh, better. Yeah. A spreadsheet with names on it. Yeah. Okay. If you can see it's December. That's and did you can see this in that below? It's December 2012. And then what it was is I backfilled because we started doing it out in January. But because I had a zero in January, I was like, oh man. But I did send some in December. <laughs> like, yeah. So you can see on that. You're blocking that zoom. Camera. Oh, I'm sorry. Yep. All right. But anyway, you get the idea. So since 2013, we've been tracking the amount because what it was is. It's like once you start tracking it, then you start, you know, there's this little bubbles when you get up in the morning, you're like, it's, 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 it's yeah, on, you know, it's Thursday and next Tuesday, I got to put a number in that sheet. I wanted to get to two. So um, if you can see by April, so if you can see here is April of that, if you can see it's at the bottom there, it's April, 2013. That's us tracking. So then that that month I dropped off 
Um, the number is 21, 21 packets. And then I got uh, listing appointments with 16. If, you, if we're tracking the 16 listing appointments for those 21 packets. All right, let's move on. All right, sorry. I have a question. He said they wanted to become a listing. We got right. step one. Yeah. This is you and oh, one question. Question. Uh, and I got it. <laughs> a question for what it's like to join a team so i want to make sure we answer those Raul, uh, but i have a question on on this point before we leave uh What's in the, the question would be do you have can you share the listing package <laughs> or, is, or is that a secret sauce it, no, I, and i'm okay not. with that if it's a secret those sauce materials you're right so thank you for asking that leading question on what are some of the value that you get when you join a team raul I mean, we are constantly like our pre-listing package is in our, our marketing team and our designer are currently working on today's version because you can't, it's not a static document. What we used to send back there, you know, what we did, we opened up Microsoft word today. I would open up Google docs. And I would start by adding a logo of your brokerage to the top of it, add your name to the top of it, create a generic letterhead, and write a little bit, write a little letter on who you are. Yes, good. No, because the, well, the Instagram thing, I'm not. And then you got to get, you got to find some graphics. We, when we started, it was so uh, text heavy because we thought that because we wrote the text that people would read the text. But people are pictures. like pictures and, and Dude, people like art. pictures. Oh, I want a picture. I would say we were really bad at that. Like it was sixty. It was originally it was sixty percent text. Yes. And we went to see uh, Amy Jones in the southeast in the southeast valley. She was so she was so she was so nice. Yes, it was just we're such geeky data guys that our pre-listing package was geeky data stuff. You know how like you go to a man's apartment and that's what it looks like, and then you go to a woman's apartment and that's what it looks like. <laughs> oh, that's a package. All right, so Pat, the house guy, asks, "Can I make more money on a team?" Um, I don't know how much is you making. All right, all right, all right, I'm gonna go with categories. Are you under, um, under, or are you in one which is under six figures? Like, you know, are you two? Is, 100, 100 to 200, 200 or 300. 200 to 500? Yeah. Or 500 plus. I guess we should start by, what do you think our number one, what do you think our top grossing team member earned? And then he can answer that question based on that. 400? Four, yeah, 430. 430, so our top grossing team member yeah. probably was in the 400s. Does that help answer your question? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, we had, we had, uh, seven over that their GCI started with a two. Seven agents started with a two. Yeah. So, and then probably I would say 17, 18 at least started with a one. And we've got agents right now that, um, uh, meaning a hundred thousand. Yeah. So I, that way you don't have to reveal what you have that, that we can reveal what we have. So. So then, right, like, how do you do that? How do you become that person? Obviously, it's up to you. We provide systems, we provide structure, we provide leads. There's, um, I mean, some of our lead sources that we have right now, not referrals, not um, not like past referring us business, but like leads that we get from the web are closing upwards of, what was it, 9.8% is our current close rate for some of our lead sources. 
what we want to do is try to figure out how we can turn up the leads that we have so that we make sure that we fill the agent's calendars with appointments, with opportunities, so that they can more, make, meet more people. I think that's the biggest benefit of a team is um, it's a developed lead source. Because individually, Just myself, when I first started buying Google Pay-Per-Click, the leads didn't work. It wasn't the leads. The leads, it, the leads were, were good then. Yeah, the, the leads were bad. And the then, leads were good then. And then years later, they got better. No, oh, you got better. Oh, all right. Okay. Exactly. So developing lead sources is the, what we call fillers of leads. Is Because the, the thing is, is, usually with agents that join our team, they become frustrated because of the lack of success, closing them, and it's really just helping them edit their approach. Because typically, it's the approach and the strategy behind how do you answer that question? How do you like? What's the next? Like, okay, you get a listing lead. Right, they come to your open house. They need to get a CMA package delivered to their door within 24 hours, and then pushing you and providing you the details behind that too. We hear somebody regarding talking about an inbox. Arlie's talking. Who's talking? Arlie. I'm sorry. Arlie needs to put I himself thought... on mute. No, I apologize. No, that's okay. okay. That's actually how yeah. you get called on next to ask a question. Yes. I was just talking to myself. Well, what questions do you have for other people? <laughs> was it Harley? It's Arlie. Arlie. Arlie, like Arlene, like Arlene with no end. Now I see it. Arlie, awesome. Yeah, I'm uh, Phil, uh, uh, Alexis, Magnus, and I are a team. We work for awesome. AZ Architecture, Jarson and Jarson. Oh, perfect! Did you come to one of our our chats one time? Uh, Alexis did. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. So, what kind of yeah, what, yeah. Is there any question out there that we can answer for you? Well, I'd be curious, like, um, if you feel strongly about market uh, focus, meaning more specifically uh, a, a specific uh, geographical area or a specific style or specific whatever it happens to be for you all. So, like, niche? Niches? That's what yes. Talking about. I just yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so actually, I, the answer is yes and yes. I think that both of them could be considered. I mean, to me, it's niche and neighborhood can intertwine at some point. But right. it's definitely the key if you want to grow your business. One hundred percent. I mean, when we started the brand of Seabot, I focused on. Originally, I think it should be neighborhood first as your niche. And mm -hmm. then, then once you start doing enough business, because what George and Jerson has done is, is, is awesome. That's just um, a good way to go broke, though, if you're new, is trying to overspend on brand early on, right? Like without, without, without business. Without business, science. yeah. So it's just more profitable. Um, mm -hmm. And it also helps you to work on your USP your unique selling proposition to get listings. I mean, to me, you really have to learn how to list houses if you're developing a niche, because how you win with a niche is you- Sorry, you're cutting out though. How's that, is that better? Can you hear me okay I'm, now? I don't know, if, is anybody else having trouble hearing? 
Bravo, no. can you hear me? I can hear you perfect. Yeah. I can't hear you at all right now. All right. Did you hit mute? Did you hit a button on your phone? She won't be able to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> Not now. New, um, new to this. All right, Arlie. Well, let's follow up. All right, after but no, this. but let me. Let's, oh, just, I'm, I'm going to finish. Left. She's back. I'm, I'm back. Okay. Awesome. All right. So, uh, to, so what we were talking about was developing a USP because yes. if you want to develop a niche, which I strongly, strongly recommend, one of the niches we went after was um, built based upon what I learned from uh, the Property Brothers and learning how to sell houses for more money. Because I know that if you improve houses, they sell for more money and it's more profitable for the seller. If you, if you as an agent understand that was one of the niches we had. So, um, but the key was what Rule, Raul was talking about earlier, it was, I need to understand how I can list more houses because when you're inside that niche, you need signs in the ground to promote that brand. And I think that people work too much time on just the brand than it is, you know, it, versus the process of learning to get listings in that mm -hmm. area. So, cause it would be like, okay, well, I want to work on a car niche. So I'm going to go to the Barrett Jackson and I'm like, <laughs> that's not your, that's not your, your, I mean, to me, that would be something that you would do, but what's our would, niche, what, right? What, huh? What's our niche? Our niche has evolved. No, but just... our niche, the first niche that I developed was Coventry at Greyhawk. 273 houses, what I called my neighborhood. Actually, I bought my niche because I believe strongly because I was, we were living at 32nd and Union Hills. Mm -hmm. I was moving, moving. And I was like, okay, I knew I was getting into real estate full time and I had to make a decision. My wife liked the house slightly more. She liked them both. I didn't have any opinion, but the one slightly more at 60th and Union Hills but that neighborhood only had about 340 houses. And I just like to think bigger. I was like, what? Yeah, it's what? weird. Yeah, I, yeah. Like I was like, I was like, I was like, I, that's not enough houses in the neighborhood for me. Cause what happens when I do a great job, especially because it's the one right by Casa de Cristo, the one adjacent to the- Yeah, the, where you don't have a lot of through there, traffic. And, and there's not a lot of adjacent neighborhoods. Like yes. it's like, to me, I was, I didn't realize the power of the sign at the time that if you put it on the corner that you could easily move across the street. At the time in 2000, let's see, 2003, when I bought the house, I was focused on the neighborhood name, which was Greyhawk. Cause I thought uh. that I, I could use in the subdivision. I was really, I mean, only cause the, the domain that I bought at the time in 2003 was homes in Greyhawk or whatever. Cause I knew my plan was cause I had to have a geographic farm. Well, cause that I was going to be, your yeah. Niche. Cause I went to a, uh, a, a class. A, yeah. Like a Craig Proctorist class. And the guy said mm -hmm. that they would advertise stuff in magazines to send stuff to a website and create yeah. seller leads. And it was just, we talk a lot about yeah. having, making sure that where you live, that you like that's the easiest place for you to be a market expert in where mm -hmm. the community that you're in and so what he's talking about he was specific on where he bought a house because he knew that it's easier to become a market expert and win business when your neighborhood and your social sphere that you have with your neighbors overlaps where your business is 
And mm -hmm. I'll give you a different example. So there's a dude out of Vegas, the guy that lives in the high, expensive high-rise apartments, okay? Right? So he wanted to develop a car niche, okay? A fancy car niche. Brooks? No, no, I like, I like that guy a lot, but that's not the guy. It was the, he's Italian, dark ah, hair, Anthony, Anthony. Oh, Anthony, right, right, right. Yep, yep, yep. or something. Came and spoke. Yeah, came and spoke. Anyway, but he, um, he lived in a community where there was a lot of high-end townhomes and he wanted to work on that townhome. So inside, so his niche was going to be that area, but he started to talk to people about cars when they came in, he always made it a thing. And then he got a fancy car, right? Like, and that worked out for him because, but he had, he had a car coming in. So it's kind of hard for you. Like if you're a car lover, that's a good opportunity for a niche. If you're a golfer, then you should buy a house on the golf course and then play that golf course a lot and then develop a niche. So, so is our niche now the Valley? Uh, uh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, but, it, but to, to the point was it was Greyhawk at, 273 houses in Coventry. Then it, mm -hmm. then it went to all of Greyhawk when it went to 1,873 homes and then the 1,846 condos and townhomes. And then by the time I went to the web in 2000, and then it went to North Scott, 2010, it went to 16 or eight, 15 neighborhoods. And then like to me, it's making sure that you find early success and domination before expanding too too large, so hopefully Got it. question. And that's not just because the early, the more specific you are with your messaging, the more success you'll have with your responses. We I joke yeah. about it, but if I'm like, let's say that I'm that I'm marketing to everybody that's on this call right here, and I can only see three people on this call. But let's say that the, my marketing message to to all of you, which I'm just going to assume that you're all realtors. Oh, now I see four. I assume that you're all realtors. So if you got a message in your, in your a direct piece of mail that on the front of the envelope said, attention realtors, or you got an email that the subject line said, for all realtors, would you be interested? Maybe, maybe. But now let's say that you got a, that you got a piece of mail, Raul, and the piece of mail said, for all realtors, who wear a tie every day and wear glasses that sit in front of a dark wood Especially Great if you friend. like flowery ties. <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly. Raul, you answered, you open that every time. Right? Like, how are they talking? They're talking to me. It's more specific to me. And it's so, easy to be specific when it's a smaller audience. Yeah. So with our, with, when we went ge ge geographical niches, we tried to talk to those people in as small of circles as we could, whether it be the Coventry and Greyhawk people or Greyhawk or North Scottsdale, because your targeted messages get a better open rate. Once you figure out how to win with messaging with 273 homes, because it costs less to market to 273 oh, people I, than it does to 27,000 people. We all agree. So as we're developing our marketing messaging, as we're developing our, our market expertise, it's so much easier to be specific and cheaper to develop well, your message. I'll give you one message and then we'll move on to another question. So right. my first message to my- Should they put questions in the chat? I maybe, see yeah. New chat. So uh, my first message to that new neighborhood that I moved to Okay, Maria. I was trying. I was. You. Thank you. I was trying to get. Um, I was trying to be different, right? I had read the book "Purple Cow" by uh, Seth Godin. So I, I put. I, what it was is we had. 
because I always want to make it housing related, right? Like uh, to me, it bugs me when I see marketing from realtors that doesn't like intertwined, like what we like recipes. Well, yeah, like recipe schedules. Yeah, like whatever. Like we, to me, we found the least amount of success when we went too far away from a direct relation to real estate. So I didn't know this at the time because it was 2003 and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And I don't even know if I ever listed the house at this point. So I came out with this slogan that was um, a new agent with bright ideas for your real estate needs. And I printed out on a printer because it was super cheap and I bought light bulbs. And then I, I dropped light bulb. I would drive around on my rollerblade or rollerblade around in my neighborhood. And if they had a light out in the front yard, I would leave them a light bulb. Anyway, uh, I didn't, I didn't win any business, but I did get three listing appointments off of it at the time. And then I realized, wow, a rule. Cause what you find out after you start creating leads, those leads were bad. No, 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 no. Yeah. I got listing appointment. No, uh, what it was is that I didn't, um, when you want more listings, you got to find a way to get some listing experience in the area. So to me, it led to actually discounting because I didn't know what to do. So that's the truth. All right. What other questions we have team wise, you guys are great. Thanks for all you are too, Maria. Cool. We'll get you more info. Thanks for joining us. And I had the slotted, I didn't know what to expect if anybody was going to show up. So we were 30 minutes, maybe 45 minutes. So we got about nine minutes left as far as- One more question? Or yeah. Who else we got on here? Anyone wants to speak up? I'll do it if nobody does. All right. well, I got a question. Let me, let me phrase it a different you, way. You haven't been hold on, hold so on. Unless you guys want to hear Raul ask another question. Right, we no, got, I, it's called, there we go, Carlos. I have a question. All right, Carlos. So I'm- um, I've been an agent for about two and a half months. I've been following you guys for over a year, by the way, through uh, your uh, podcasts. And um, because of y'all, I have a completely different mentality um, than most emerging agents. So my, <laughs> my, um, my question is, I've, I was in a small brokerage before and we did, it was just me and the broker basically. And now I've switched over to Remax, and we have one team. What does it take? Now that team is already formed. I think we have two teams. They're already formed, and and they do pretty I'm well for themselves. Real, I just want to push pause real quick, Carlos. Is anybody else distracted by what Kelly's getting for lunch? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's got her refrigerator going. We're in there. You left the refrigerator right. open, Kelly. Okay, go ahead, Carlos. Sorry, Carlos. Right, thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Carlos, <laughs> sorry. Oh, so, good. Good. so there's two other teams in, in the, the Remax brokerage that I'm with here in Corpus Christi. Um, and I'm working really well with another listing agent that actually, a listing agent re that recruited me from a contract that we just closed. What does it take to start a team? Um, and um, Gosh, how, a, how can you tell or how do you know when you know, when it would be a good time to start a team with someone. I'll let you answer, but I, here's the thing is, is the most common uh, feeling is that when an agent gets in the business and they look, cause it's out uh, of admiration, it looks easy and all that stuff, but I'm gonna let Phil answer, but that's normal. Um, it's, it's Phil's funny. gonna give his opinion and I'll yeah. give my opinion, go I'm, ahead. I'm first gonna start by saying, what does it take to start a team? 
Nothing at all. You can just put team after your name and you started a team. Yeah, Ortega team is from Corpus Christi. Yes. Yeah. Like anybody and their mother can start a team. It doesn't, like that is not, what does it take to start a team? I, one of our mentors said, the goal should never be to have a team. Because having a team means having more people to manage, means having more employees to manage the more, that bigger sales team that you have. And I don't know if you've ever managed people, but that's not a goal, right? It's not to have a team. Your goal is to do more business, probably. You can have transactional goals. You can have lead generation goals. You can have conversion goals. And what happens is you as an individual, you start, you're, you've been in the business for two and a half months. Let's say that you get really good at developing relationships mm-hmm. with people when you go eat out at a restaurant. And now you have so many leads because you go eat out at a restaurant and all these people want to buy houses with you that you can't handle that lead flow anymore. You are now losing money because you can't keep up with all of the opportunities that are coming across your table. I think it's now time for you to have a team. You want to bring on somebody else that you know isn't as good as you, but it's better than just ignoring the opportunities that come by. So my answer on when you should have a team or why you would want a team is because you're losing out on opportunities because you can't physically handle them all. And that was a great answer. Yeah. Yeah. See, the, the, that agent that recruited me in, she's having that problem. She has too many leads. And at one point when we were, dis- we, we were talking at the, at the listing, because um, it was her personal house and, you know, I went in, my, my buyer was from out of town. I, I got the lead through Zillow. Um, great. Yeah. She, uh, she was mentioning that she's, you know, I can't keep up with my, with my leads. You know, I'm getting too many leads. I have too much stuff going on. Hey, why don't I yep. throw some leads over your way? Right. So, Good. Go ahead. It, um, so Go ahead. how, how would I approach that? What's oh, and Pat asked a real quick yes or no. Do your team members do buy and list sides both? Yes. yes. Answer the yeah. answer. Yeah. Pat, I mean, yes. We don't have designated listing agents and designated buyer's agents. To me, everybody does what they want to do. Even leasing, if you want to do leases. Your, your question came in line with my thoughts. So I'm, I'm very excited because what I was going to say is also going to answer your question. And that's um, the best way to, you know, if you're looking for goals, right? Because I think you should be goal oriented. If you're looking right. for goals is you, you should want to do enough volume that is in the, at least in the double digits range, meaning um, try and try and do uh, to get to to get to thirty to forty transactions, and hopefully you're doing close to ten million. Uh, be, until you get to that range, you sh- shouldn't be thinking team, right? And and then at that point, then you're just thinking assistant, which all of a sudden now you have a team. So the point is that you should be working on how do I become the best lead converter. And that was what my goal was. That was all it was, is I want to become the best. For me, it was Google pay-per-click. I was buying leads and I was just trying to figure out how I could convert enough leads. It's selfish. I was like, they had this MTA report, the title people that, that came to his dad's office at John Hall. And then they had a top 10 at John Hall. I had about 700 agents. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I, I was on it. No. <laughs> but you wanted to be. That was true. Yeah. 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 So I, I was like, you know, I 
why are I, you know, I'm kind of sarcastic. I was like, why are these other clowns ahead of me? This is ridiculous. I'm a much better agent than them. I'm smarter. I'm a better salesperson, but they got better numbers. So obviously I need to learn something, right? Because I, I, if you feel like you're better, it just means that actually you are not focused on the things that matter more other than you just feel good, which is good. I want you to feel good and I want you to feel happy and I want you to feel proud. But now it's, okay, use that as self-awareness a la Gary V and be like, okay, if I'm not converting the leads that I'm getting, I need to figure out that because that is what you're going to help grow your team because they're going to come to you. And that's usually what people can't figure out. If you can't learn to convert leads, I mean, I've we've met with over a thousand agents about developing teams. Generally it's hard to become like the lead converter is the one that becomes the team leader, right? Like if you can't figure out how to me, I was converting roughly around five to 7 million in buyers. And I was doing another five to $7 million in listings. I want to augment that. Okay. The lead converter becomes a team lead, but the lead generator, if you have a unique lead source, then your team can last because as soon as you, if you are a lead converter and you teach your team members how to convert leads, then, and it's easy for them to replicate those leads that you got. Like if it's a unique lead source, let's just say that you bought boomtown leads and now you're a great lead converter and you teach everybody how to, how to convert boomtown leads. Do they still want to be on your team? No, they just go buy their own boomtown and now they know how to convert those leads. But with us, like one of the reasons why our team, I think- But you still, still have a team, you just have one that everybody yeah, leaves. But our, exactly. But our team, I think that we don't have a high turnover, right? We've got agents that have been on our team since 2011. Yes, he said- It doesn't matter, but you have, but we have a solid lead source, right? Like what we have invested in the web has a, is a unique lead source that is very, it's difficult. It was a big, huge pain in the butt, lots of hours put in to build that site to be what it is. And the lead source can't be, okay, well, well, I, actually, I guess it could be, it could be open houses. I have listings that you can sit. But at, at, that, at that point though, you had to convert the listing lead to make that a lead source, right? Like to me, there's, <laughs> it's always about, um, to me, at the end of the day is when you're a new agent, focus on becoming a great realtor. Focus on understanding the contract, understand. And the thing is, is that you can't understand the contract good enough without writing them for real people right writing a hundred of them right like you you don't know where the ins and outs are just from sitting in classes like to me the goal is to do more transactions i mean you can feel you can feel good after you do 20 like i felt comfortable after my first year i did 20 but it wasn't until i did about 200 sales <laughs> that I, you know i was like i think i know what i'm doing it's because I worked for his dad and, and Marge Lindsay and they, oh, every time I went to the broker class, they talked about shit I didn't know. And I was like, oh, okay, well, obviously I'm still lost. Even though I didn't have those problems, I still knew that they were out there. So, but he asked. Yeah. Um, yeah. Currently. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I just sometimes find spinning, find myself spinning my wheels. Um, within, within the first three weeks before all this thing started, I had already wrote, written six contracts. Great. Um, yeah, I've been in I've been in sales for over twelve years. Years, so I, I have a lot of you know contacts. But no, thanks, guys. I, I appreciate it. Um, I, did you join the team or it's not? It's an it's an it's an honor to speak to y'all. Oh, thank oh, you. That's, oh, that's he's talking to you. He's talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, Mark. Also, you. The question was, we didn't, maybe we didn't understand. Did you actually join the team, or you're, or you're thinking of it? No, um, I'm thinking of maybe approaching the, the listing agent that, that approached me 
about, actually recruited me into my Remax office that I'm with now. Um, and, you know, we were talking at, at her listing. She was helping, or she actually lived at the house. And uh, she was talking to me like, hey, you know, come to Remax. You know, I, I, I need some help. She's like, I, I need someone that I, I have so many leads. Uh -huh. I, I have so much going on uh, and I'm, I'm, I can't keep up with them. Would you would you help me? So it's a matter of just sitting down with her and discussing I, that. Then. Yeah, I mean, for me, I was operating on my own. And in the first year, while I was working at another job, I did $3.3 million on the side. You may have heard the story if you listen to any of our podcasts. Yeah the solution podcast. Are you listening to that or no? For a year now. Okay. Thank you. All right. Good. Well, it's funny. because I guess we'll do another episode. Yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> but, but the, um, the, uh, point I was making was that I joined when I got into business full time, the challenges is that you, there's actually a lot that you didn't know and it helps joining a team helps increase the speed that you receive information and but the rule is this is once you do more business than your team leader it's time to go right so what happened was is in the second in the after being with my team leader for about 14 months i started selling more than that person and i was like why am i here right like to me yeah i remember you mentioning that once yeah so so it, but it, but i still went because you need to stick to at two and a half months. You don't know. You don't you know. Got a lot to yeah, learn. Yeah, a lot to learn. So that might be a good way. It just speeds up the, the when agents come to our team. The amount of information that like it may feel like a fire hose, but when you're a sole agent, you don't you get down tracks that are down the same. You keep. I'm curious. So I want to do a, a quick survey of everybody that's here. We got 14 participants left. Thank you guys for joining us for this first thing. Could you comment on what state and or city that you are in? I I guess I love that you're, you said Corpus Christi. Did you hear us Corpus speak Christi, Texas. In Texas, yeah, that's awesome. How did you, well, you find us? Oh. We'll just put in the chat on what city you guys are, you guys sell houses in. I'm just curious how far this Zoom, our, our, off, our, our virtual office hours have gone as far as Texas. Do we have anything further than Texas? I'm curious. Or how many Arizonans do we have? I'm very, Scottsdale, Arizona, yes, Clay. I mean, Pat, obviously a John Hall guy. You're here in the I, valley. Yeah. I know that. I found y'all. I found y'all because on uh, on iHeartRadio, I put real estate uh, on the search. Y'all popped up uh, wow. when I was I was on my first class um, into real estate, and I've been listening to y'all since since I started even going to school. Where, um, what app do real you listen to on it on? Media. iHeartMedia. He typed in real estate. Awesome. Thank you. Yes. Happy Wednesday. Scottsdale, Phoenix, Tempe. Great. Nice, Nina. Um, Carlos, have you put five stars on our on our podcast? Will you click the five-star button on that? <laughs> Please. Please. <Yeah>. I will. <laughs> share what our podcast. With... If only if you enjoy it. Oh, <laughs> I share it all the time. All my real estate friends, anybody in real estate, I tell them they got to listen to you. Awesome. Awesome. Right. Well, Thank if you guys want we'll, to continue we'll the conversation. Again. Yeah, we'll do it again. It seems yeah. pretty productive. Did you guys think it was productive? Yes. His email Absolutely. is jeff at cbuck.com. Mine is phil at cbuck.com. If you want to continue the conversation, you want to chat with us, ping us. We're here. Thank you. Thanks, Talk guys. To you soon.